0: On Texas football, I'm Bobby Burton, uh, your host, joined by Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and On Three, and Ian Bo- Boyd, Inside texas's X's and O's expert. Uh, we come to you, uh, unlike yesterday, with bad news and Chris Beard's firing as Texas bas- basketball coach. Good news today uh, productive wide receiver Jordan Whittington uh, has announced that he is expected back uh, today uh, or is expected back for the new year. Uh, Whittington uh, had uh, has had 16 starts uh 1252 total receiving guards in his career um, and really a stable presence for the longhorns this season while uh, Xavier worthy had his ups and downs at receiver Whittington was solid almost throughout the year in his first full season healthy uh, Ian i'm going to go to you first here what do you think of what do you think uh, uh, Whittington's return means to the longhorns offense
1: well pretty big i mean right now they haven't had anyone through the portal. At wide receiver. you have had rumors of whether Xavier Worthy is back. You have Isaiah Nayor, you know, returning from an ACL It's not a small thing. And we haven't heard anything negative, but that's, you know, you don't want all your eggs in that basket. And Jordan Whittington, I mean, that's like one of your most proven players. That's It's almost like, to your point, it's, it's, it's getting a player out of the portal in his return. Um, he was very good last year. He was, Considering that it was potentially his last year at Texas, he was an incredibly willing blocker. I've been calling him their flex fullback for the last few months because he was so terrific, uh, just pulverizing defensive backs for Bijan Robinson. Um, He could probably grow still as a receiver. I think he has a lot to prove there, It's partly why he's coming back. But he definitely flashed a lot of potential there. Uh, It makes a lot of sense for him to come back for everyone. Uh, For him, he only stands to gain, you know, potentially NIL. Uh, improve his draft grade and Texas. I mean, this just puts a little bit less pressure on getting somebody out of the portal to realize what they need to do next year with Quinn Ewers. Um, The calculus that went
0: into him actually returning uh, this year, you see the year ended with 50 catches for 652 yards. uh, One score um, had five catches against Washington, 44 yards. You know, he was consistent throughout the year. Jerry, what do you think the calculus goes into for his decision? Like, why do you think uh, Jordan decided to come back?
2: Yeah, I think it's, I think nowadays for these kids, it's NIL versus draft, right? I mean, where are you going to make more money? Let's be real. And um, if you're a maybe draft guy, I, I, to me, it doesn't make sense to go. The only reason it made sense for to go for winning for me was the injury history. I mean, you know, we talked about all year, Texas offensive line was healthy all year. Well, then you in Jordan Whittington was healthy all year, and I mean, I'm not jinxing anybody, but dang, that's pretty long odds for next year. I mean, did everybody stays healthy? But what I, what it means for me is it's going to give Sark with Jontae Cook coming in, no matter what happens with Nayor. um, it's going to give Sart more flexibility at the wide receiver position to move some guys around, see what Savion Red does in the spring, see if Brennan Thompson can make a dent in the spring. Uh, but it gives him more flexibility. Jonte Cook's going to come in. College ready from a route tree perspective and understanding the position perspective. So he's not a normal freshman uh, that just moved in yesterday. Uh, but now what that does is, you know, assuming Worthy comes back, Worthy, Whittington, Cook. That's that's a pretty good nucleus to build off of than saving red after a freshman year. Uh, but to me, it just gives more flexibility. It gives him the ability to move more guys around, and uh, just overall flexibility within the scheme. But I think the biggest thing with Whittington coming back is um, you lost a lot of toughness when Roshan Johnson hit the door. This keeps some of that toughness in your program. Jordan Whittington is a tough guy. Like Ian said, it shows up in the in, in his uh, blocking. But it's going to be an opportunity for him to show some leadership toughness in the program. Uh, and I think that's big for Texas. It's not unlike Jaron Thompson in that way, right? Both of those guys, are pretty right.
0: physical guys. Uh, not necessarily the number one player on their offense or defense, but guys that are clearly willing to play and play hard each and every down. Uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsor uh, for the live stream on Fridays. Andy Ludicky, are you looking to diversify? You may be someone like me that has their hands in multiple businesses. Well, it's a new year. Andy can help you diversify by finding you a business that will fit your time allotment and financial goals. Uh, if you want to start a new year, uh, you might want to start with a business that you can call your own. Uh, call him or email him to learn more. He's got a really cool process that asks you questions, kind of qualifies you for what business you might be Uh, capable of running or best suited to run. I did it myself. Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. We look across this and and as I talk about it and think about it, Jerry, uh, as it relates to Texas football and Jordan Whittington, one thing that keeps coming back to me is his health. Uh, That full year of health, it may be that now he actually has a chance to really get more going On offense, I also feel, and I've said this numerous times, I think that this coming year, the offense is going to be differently situated. Last year, they spent a lot of time in 12 personnel with just two receivers, two tight ends, right? Quinn Ewers in the bowl game, when they did not have, did not play a lot with two tight ends, seemed to see the field more and check to his other receivers other than just focusing truly on Xavier Worthy a lot, which we saw against Oklahoma state. We saw in some other games where, you know, yours was locked into worthy and didn't even look at the other side of the field. It seems like with three, when, if Texas goes three wides more this year, Whittington could be looking at a, a truly significant jump in production, which also might lead to a significant jump in a uh, NFL draft status.
2: Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, look in, It'll be interesting to see how he's, you know, how things change within the passing game and the scheme next year, to your point. Um, you know, Jordan is not a guy that's going to make 50 win a lot of 50 50 balls, but he's not a guy that doesn't have good body control. He does. Uh, but I think it's going to be an opportunity for him, you know, to show a little. Even more consistent, make you miss ability for two years in a row because you know, the while the easy decision would have been go to the NFL because you had a healthy year, you know, the NFL sitting there saying, We want to see extended health because you've never had it, right? Extended production, extended health. Um, I think, I think there's a variety of ways they can use him, um, in the scheme, in the passing game. Uh, and I think you'll, I think you'll see that next year. I'll know what it is. Inside Texas uh,
0: with uh, Jerry Hamilton and Ian Boyd of Inside Texas now. Uh, Inside Texas earlier today uh, reported uh, that it's looking more and more likely that Christian Jones starting right tackle for the Longhorns is also expected to return. If that's the case, <clears throat> 10 starters return on offense if indeed, um, if indeed uh, Xavier Worthy also returns. Yeah. 10 starters from an offense, you only lose B. John Robinson. Obviously, it's a major piece. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he will, his, his uh, loss will be felt. But Ian, what does that say about Texas on a go forward standpoint if they do indeed bring back not only Jordan Whittington, but it sounds like, uh, as Inside Texas reporting, Christian Jones starting right tackle likely coming back for a COVID year as well?
1: Yeah. Really essential. I actually have some thoughts on Christian Jones fitting coming back. We can get to in a bit. But In general, like you were saying, it looks like Texas's best path next year is spread the field more, throw the ball more, try to rely on Quinn Ewers as a star rather than as a game manager or a you know you get one shot to worthy for quarter, please make it count kind of guy, and um, that kind of passing game and 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 offense is all about cohesion and continuity. Like uh, we all remember the you know the 2008 2009 Longhorns. They didn't even necessarily have, that's probably where some of the less talented MAC teams top to bottom across the offensive depth chart. But they had a ton of guys that were really old and had played together for a long time. And that made a lot of difference because of the style they were playing with the quick passing game. Um, I think that's what Texas needs to do next year. The more guys you have coming back and the same schemes and same language and same working together on this system, the better.
0: Um, the, the the question I have, and Jerry, you take this one a little bit. Um, the move of Jones coming back, what does that do to Cam Williams, Neto Umiazulu, uh, those guys that were thought to be ready to 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 really challenge for that job? I, I don't necessarily think that this is necessarily going to be Christian Jones's job. Defi- definitely. I mean... Uh, He is not the best pass protector. That's something he obviously needs to work on and probably one of the reasons why his grade wasn't that high from the NFL draft guys. Um, How does this fit
2: into the offensive line as a whole? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where the pieces are moved in the spring. Um, Could you see, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, could you see a scenario where Christian Jones works a little bit at a guard for his NFL draft stock? Because maybe his return is you're not a pass pro guy at the NFL level at tackle. I mean, so I, I, we, I think when he the word is he's coming back, then you think, okay, he's going to play the right tackle. But is he? I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who moves where or could Cam Williams compete at a guard spot next year before move, bouncing out the tackle? I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch um, which way this goes. Because I do think right now, before the Christian Jones decision, it was Cam Williams' right tackle – DJ Campbell, right guard; major center Cole Hudson, left guard, and uh, Banks, left tackle, and then Con- and Hayden Connor competing at the backup right tackle or for the right tackle spot. Um, now that's got to be shuffled again. Uh, I I, I just think it's to be fascinating to see what Kyle Flood does with the offensive line this spring because look, if moving Christian Jones to guard makes Texas a better team, then you do it. If that's what if if he, if the Christian Jones says okay, that's what I'm going to be in the NFL. Then if that makes you a better team, you do it. To where his pass protect, his lack of pass pro isn't uh, doesn't hurt you as much. Now is he a better pass pro guy than Cam Williams? I don't. Uh, you know that remains to be seen. But I think it's going to be interesting to see where where Kyle Flood moves all his pieces.
1: It feels you know, like a win win, right? Like normally Christian Jones, a guy like that, you don't want to move inside to guard. But it, right now it's clear you're not going to be drafted into the NFL because of your tackle ability. You've been right. playing it for three years. It's not happening. Like you're yeah. going to be a guard, so get a head start. Um, and then I honestly, I've wondered, I'm not, it's not obvious to me that Christian Jones right now is a better right tackle than Hayden Connor. in terms of pass protection, probably as a run blocker. He might be the best run blocker on the team. I don't know. So, and if you're going to be throwing the ball 30 plus times a year, next year, like 30, 30 times a game next season with Quinn Ewers, they probably will. It makes sense to ma- to re- maximize the line for pass protection rather than run blocking for Bijan. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh,
0: That's why
2: they pay you the big bucks, Ian. That (laughs) analysis right there. (laughs) It it probably won't happen because Christian Jones struggled on the left side. But boy, him at left guard next to Kelvin Banks at left tackle would do something in one game for me mentally. I know that. (laughs) That is too big
1: that's that's a lot of person yeah. right there on the left side. and yeah, I, I, I hope they try it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean they've got they've got time. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's one of the positives here. Uh, they were so healthy and Jerry's talked about this. All 13 games, the same 13 starters on the O line. I don't. I mean, I think
2: that happened in the national championship season. I think yeah. they had
0: all the starters right. in the national
2: championship season. And maybe and all, maybe Ricky's senior season maybe happened twice that I can remember.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so rare, uh, but it did occur. And so you you can't take you can't take non injuries for granted. We were sitting here talking about preseason this time last year. We had Junior out penciled in at left guard. Yeah, he never even took a snap this season.
1: Or center, right? they almost but, revamped. Or center, yeah. But my yeah.
0: point being. Like we're talking about this and we have to keep in mind that that's one of the reasons why depth is so darn important, particularly on the offensive line. Because the next man up, the difference between the next man up at offensive line and, I don't know, linebacker or safety tends to be more, it tends to be, at least in Texas's recent past, it's been a bigger drop at offensive line than it has been at other positions. Texas is getting the luxury right now of having better backups at offensive line, in my opinion, particularly now that this, this freshman class is moving into sophomore class, that they're going to be able to take that. Let me ask you this, Ian. Andre Karich took some time and reps at tight end this year as that extra blocker, too. It was kind of a unique formation uh, that Steve Sarkeesian came up with and put an extra tight end on the field, but it was obviously a blocking tight end. Karich didn't catch a pass all year. Um of, of the guys you've seen at Texas, which one do you think might see duplicate time in a role like that for Texas?
1: See, It would seem like the next guy up at tackle. So in general, so that, that would be, you know, that could be Hayden Connor, but you don't really need to get Hayden Connor on the field there. So you figure it's the next guy up at tackle that's in the underclassmen ranks because um, you want that, quickness and athleticism in the past set. Um, I think people probably can remember early in the game against Washington, I think it was their second snap on offense. They had JT Sanders and Gunnar Helm double teaming an edge and trying to drop back. And they just got, you know, it was, it was a night, it was a bad scene and Ewers ended up buried mm-hmm. under somebody. Um, I would think Neto, you may have yes. Zulu would be the guy there. Me too. Maybe a young guard, but I don't see the. You already get the run blocking advantage from the fact they're playing a 300 pounder rather than a 260 pounder that also spends half his practice time running routes. So I would think you would get the most pass pro savvy guy. I I do wonder if they're going to use it as much next year because it was it made a lot of sense when the offense was more geared towards vertical shots and play action. Um, if you spread, if you're going to spread the field more, you don't really want to be playing jumbo as much because you just kind of, you waste JT Sanders. You waste some of the throwing ability and and you congest the field when you have a guy out there that they know isn't going to run a route. It doesn't congest the field badly. If you're regularly taking shots down the field so that he's protecting anyway, but if you want to, if you want to work the ball underneath more, it's not so great. You're just taking options off the field. So maybe it's it's a diminished role, but you might as I mean there's still a role there's still a use for it, and if they can get somebody like Yumeo Zulu engaged and out of the transfer portal, you know, is two And and getting
0: reps and yeah, reps, get, yeah, just getting just getting time on the field, right? Yeah. Just getting him, get him live game reps. Hey, I want to ask this question one second, one yeah. second, Jerry. This guy, Blake Bryant, I would say Banks is the only
2: guy that is locked in as a starter next year. I don't know about that. I think Jake Majors probably is too. Well, that's, I was going to play off of that. And and I think what's going to be interesting this spring is these guys, Neto, Connor Robertson, Ogbo, these guys now get these this offseason here in the spring and then spring football practice. So how much – Who one of those guys is going to make a huge jump this spring. You know it's going to happen. I mean, there's just too much talent and too many guys that were freshmen last year are going to be sophomores. Maybe it's Cam Williams, but somebody, at least one of those guys is going to make a huge jump this spring. There's just no way it's not. Um, I, I, I'll throw another one out there for you guys. Offensive line, the most talented position on the team this spring with Christian Jones back. Think about it. Um, I, I, I think they are. I, think I, I, about the four freshmen coming for, in. The four freshmen coming in. If Christian Jones stays, think about all the talent and young talent on the offensive line. I mean, you have three. You can actually go three deep in the spring football practice for the first time, and I can't remember how long of
1: qual of quality players that have been recruited by Kyle Flood. In terms of talent, not realized skill, but talent, I might say quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Because uh, Malik has some special attributes and then obviously Quinn Ewers and then this Manning guy.
2: Yeah. So I would think just Quinn and the Manning guy make it probably one.
1: <laughs> just, you know, a little <laughs> let's get him some salt over the top, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Um, speaking of Manning uh, players moved in freshmen moved in last uh, yesterday. A lot of them, including Arch Manning, a uh, young man from new Orleans. Uh, got a couple pictures of him putting up the hook all right, that looks like it's right over there at Jester, uh, behind Jester to me. Um, uh, but Jester Dormitory, uh, not only him, but 13 others, I believe, midterm yeah. year guys. We had an article on InsideTexas.com uh, earlier today talking about uh, expectations for freshman enrollees at midterm. Uh, a couple other guys that I think are important, um, particularly on offense, are Cedric Baxter and Jonte Cook. Uh, would you all agree with those two?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah,
2: hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I think Cedric Baxter is probably the most important guy this spring of the early enrollees, because um, look. By the way, we have to address it. There's some reports out there that Jonathan Brooks is having hernia surgery, and maybe that's why he didn't play a bigger role in the bowl game. Which we might need to address that at some point. I that I, don't, I haven't confirmed that, by the way. Um, but Cedric Baxter is the most important midterm enrollee because look. What you saw in the bowl game, whether Brooks was hurt or not, Keelan Robinson's not that guy. That's not what he is. Um, and Cedric Baxter, from a talent perspective at running back, because I'm not saying he's – they're different. Bijan and him are different. But Cedric Baxter's as talented in, in his own way as anybody Texas brought in at running back in a while. So, um, And also, people have to remember, he's a Florida kid. People see six one and a half, two fifteen, 215, and think he's some chiseled guy. Um, he's not even close to where he's going to be physically. He's going to be six one and a half, six 6'2", two, 230 pounds by August, or 225, 230, depending on where they want him to be by August. Uh, but him being in the spring is a huge deal just with pass pro, just adjusting to those holes, pinching uh, much quicker on the college level and what he's going to be asked to do in his impact next year. I think John T. Cook is number two. Then I think you get to the linebackers and maybe Malik Muhammad with that group as well. I think those are really the guys that are going to be impactful this spring as far as the team next year. One of those linebackers has to try to see if they can't play early. And yep. What do you think about those linebackers?
1: Well, I do want to say that pass could be huge. You don't want Baxter to be the perfect guy for their inside run game, but then he's having to jog on and off the field all day like Cedric Benson because they don't trust him, yeah, until after Oklahoma beats you, right? Like, <laughs> let's not let's not do that again. Um, yeah, Bobby, I'm sure you both remember. Probably a lot of our probably a lot of our viewers remember that. Uh, I think Anthony Hill is probably the favorite to be the starting will linebacker. I wrote about that this week. Um, there's a lot they can do to kind of cover that position up and not make them cover as much, which is good because Anthony Hill didn't really no, – that's what didn't Ryan did. Uh, he didn't cover much at, at, right. uh, in high school. He's fast. I don't know. I don't really know if his change of direction is that great. I know his acceleration is amazing. And when it's combined in a 230-pound frame, it's a huge problem. But I don't know if he's a guy – I don't know if he can do what Jalen Ford does. Right. Maybe they right. could develop him to do that, and I don't know that they could. And even if they could, it feels like a waste of time because he's very good at other things. So, but um, I, so I think I tend to think he's a little bit more limited than you'd think from a five-star. But he could play very quickly and be very impactful in that role. And that, who else is going to do it? So well, they need
0: they need somebody that can help plug the middle. Yeah, um, that was evident, uh, especially against Washington, because Jalen Ford, as good as he might be. Um, and that is someone we're tracking to make sure he's returning as well, by the way, uh, on defense. But uh, they need another guy that can plug the middle. They did not necessarily have that this year with Demarvin and Now that, That's not his ball game, right? Um, at the same time, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, this is a question from Justin Yarbrough. We're going to be taking everybody's questions today, uh, as well as we always do on Fridays. Uh, Jerry uh, Hamilton and Ian Boyd of Inside Texas alongside me. Uh, Bobby Burton let's start with Justin Yarbrough could Connor um Hayden Connor or uh, Cole Cole Hudson push Jake Majors at center if that involves getting the best five on the field that's part one and thoughts if we might still go after a bigger back in the portal I'm going to take the bigger back in the portal first you guys contemplate the the uh, Hayden Connor Cole Hudson move to center Um, as far as a bigger back in the portal yes it's it's very possible Texas Still goes after a bigger back in the portal. Um, Jaden Blue, uh, I reported earlier this week, was expected to enter the portal. He came out about four or five hours later and said he wasn't going in the portal. Uh, the facts are, Jaden had told some some of those around him that he was going in the portal and made a change of heart. And this thing happens with with uh, young guys who are deciding these are life-altering, life-changing decisions. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to see that he's made one uh, and it looks like he's set for Texas for this spring. Uh, That being said, Texas still needs another big back. They can't just solely rely on Jonathan Brooks, who like like Jerry just mentioned uh, another uh, outlet reporting that he had hernia surgery. And then you have a true freshman as your other big back. It's clearly not Keelan Robinson. That's not, that's not who he is. We saw that in the uh, bowl game. It's not who Jaden blue is either. And we know it's not who Trey Wisner, the fellow freshman is Uh, you need, you need three guys with some durability that can be 20 carry guys for you, in my opinion, because one guy goes down, Roshan Johnson and Bijan John Robinson went down. They had Jonathan Brooks ready, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he's a younger guy, you need three. Otherwise you get banged up and it puts you in, puts you in a pickle. Um, what about you guys on Hayden Connor and uh, Cole Hudson trying to replace or push Jake majors?
2: Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think something to remember to Connor Robertson was the number two center this year, but there was no injury. So he didn't have to be forced into action. Uh, Texas high Connor Robertson at center. So that's definitely plays into any competition at the center position. Um, I, I, I don't see Hayden Connor at all. I could see Cole Hudson um, and I could see Connor Robertson being guys that if, if Hudson gets some work, there could push majors. I'm not saying beat him out, but push him. Uh, but look, It's been a long time since Texas had three guys at center that you could say, okay, this could be a real competition. So, one, that's a strength right there where how the program's changed. Um, uh, Ian, this one's for you. Uh,
0: What's going on with Malik Murphy? Does he fit? I don't know that fits the question. What do you think, Ian?
1: Yeah, I I think he fits fine. He's got a huge arm. He looks a lot like some of the guys that that Sark's been successful with in the past. But I think he needs to have more of a – Mac Jones, Cody Kessler kind of career arc. Uh, he came in very raw. They didn't ask him to do a ton at, was it Juniper Serra in California? Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, he's throwing like 15, 20 times a game out there, right? I mean, it's not a very high workload for a four-star quarterback. He it was improving gradually there. Uh, at Texas, they reworked some things. He had some injuries early on. He's just on he's on a long developmental timeline. So uh, he's, I've always seen him as a guy that you want him around probably like in another year or two in case something goes wrong or, you know, Arch needs time or Arch gets hurt or something. And then you have this guy that you slowly fashioned into a winning quarterback and, and unlocked some of his talent over time, but not, I mean, there, even in the modern age where quarterbacks play early, there are still guys that need the longer Uh, timeline before they're ready and that's where I think he fits
2: I, I think the interesting thing with him in the spring not we'll be able to watch much of it right but is guys who go through big mechanical overhauls and really change the length of their throwing motion right which that's the big ask for him he's gone from a long arm to a more compact arm is when you get under duress are you able to take that to the field or do you revert back to how you've always played I think that's always the question for any quarterback that's going through a big mechanical change is when you feel those walls start closing in, do you revert back to what you've always done? Or are you able to take uh, these mechanical changes to the field under duress? Because it's easy when you're sitting there throwing against air. You can think about it before the snap. You can think about it during the, your drop. But when, you, when your peripheral start seeing guys that are going to hit you, what do you do at that point? I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch with Malik Murphy as they continue to try to break him down and build him up. Um,
0: hey, this is, a, this is a question that we're getting uh, from the Inside Texas message board. I wanted to pass it on here. What is going on with Brennan Thompson? Haven't heard his name much. Um, and I want to try to address that real quick. Um, Texas right now, it, you didn't hear much of any receiver after Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy this year. After after Iowa State and Casey Kane dropped that pass, was Steve Sarkeesian had to come to Jesus kind of with himself, I think, and said, we're going to try to run the ball with Bijan and Roshan and see what we can get. Right. I mean, that after that game, when he actually ran the ball down Iowa State's throat in the fourth quarter, and Kane was not productive and, and actually had a, a huge drop, I, I I felt a sense of change in Steve Sarkeesian and how he called the ball game. Um, And so it wasn't just Kane, though, that was a, uh, uh, I don't want to say victim, but a fallout from that decision. Right. You also had Savion Red that didn't see as much time necessarily. You saw Casey Kane. You saw Brennan Thompson. Um, We didn't see a lot of three wide receiver sets, period. Now, they may have came in every so often and spelled uh, Whittington and Worthy, but it was really in a backup type role and not an opportunity role. So um, Brennan Thompson will be running track for Texas this spring, but it will not uh, compete or uh, take uh, precedence over his time on the field in the spring. So he's going to make every single f- football practice uh, and every single football workout uh, as well. As
2: Bobby, well. you brought up something that I thought was interesting this year, how much I think Sark had to – Transition his what they were thinking offensively going into the season. Isaiah Nayor injury, Ajay Hall being Ajay Hall. I hate to say it. Yeah. Billingsley, six game suspension, right? How much did they end up having to change their plans going into the season? I think it was substantially. I think it was substantial. I don't know what you guys think, but that's a look you lose Nayor, who was a starter and a deep threat. Hall does nothing but get in trouble, and that was another guy that had vertical ability. Um, then you Billingsley's a, a non-factor, right? He's out half the year. So, Zatavion te- Sanders was talented but unproven uh, to a large extent. So, how much did they really have to change what they were thinking all summer going into the season? Gotcha. I, I agree that there, there's no
0: doubt that that changed Sark's outlook, particularly the Nayor injury. Uh, I think I even think junior angle did at some level, because now you have a freshman guard instead of a senior guard blocking and pass protecting. Right. And Cole Hudson, for as nasty as I think he plays and as smart as he is, he's not a plus pass protector at this point in his college career. Um, And so, uh, you know, I I think that's that's all well and good. Here's another question. Um, Jerry, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Because you're the recruiting guy, the the primary recruiting guy on this call. Anyone do well enough to get a big bump in the rankings at the All-Star Games?
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
2: Let's see, uh, let's see how tomorrow goes um, with uh, Jelani McDonald. He's looked really good in San Antonio. See how Samaje Burrell plays. Short notice, short week for him, right? uh anthony hill i mean he's a consensus five star does he remain that way it is on three which we've had him about around 55 or 60 the whole time does he get a bump up in the game um as far as the guys in the underarm it's hard for those guys to really move up i mean malik muhammad Jonte Cook hooker top 50 guys in the country um derrick williams is ranked 40 overall uh i could see sadir mitchell bumping up a little bit i think um all the the industry's kind of saying he's a first, second down guy, but he's not going to be a pass rusher, right? I don't think that'll be proven out to be true long term. I think he'll 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 Nathan O'Neill was on here with us last week. He'll develop that, um, and then Cedric Baxter's already five star running back. We're going to go from there. I mean, so I don't see anything major coming out of Under Armour. Um, if there's anything major, I think it would come out of uh, the Adidas game tomorrow. I mean, Peyton Kirkland plays. He's he's he started as a four star. He's back to a three star. Could he get? Could he get bumped back up to a four star? I don't think that impact Texas class ranking of three. Um, I think a Jelani McDonald commitment impacts that more. Um, but well, yeah, here's the
0: deal about Jelani McDonald too that people
2: need to remember. Uh, if he does indeed
0: choose Texas tomorrow, a safety uh, safety athlete linebacker out of uh, uh, Waco County who's actually playing some cornerback in this yeah. <laughs> in this All Star game to give you an idea of his athleticism. Um, the thing about people need to remember there is on three has already been very high on him as we were is. from the start. Yes. Yeah, from, from uh, that perspective, you look at this number, on three it. has him the number 82 player in the country and a couple other services uh, have him in the 200s, 24-7, uh, reasonably the same, uh 82 versus 97. Uh, when you're dealing with 3,500 kids that are being ranked, that's negligible difference. Um, But could I see him moving up in those other two ones, uh, in those other two? So, oh, yeah, based on this. Yes. And that will thereby affect his on three consensus
1: ranking.
2: Yes. Which
0: takes, which takes all four of those services and mix them together. And so they could move up that way, but it won't necessarily move up per se. I don't think much uh, on on three. There's just not much room for him to go up. Uh, and,
2: and, and I think if he was a guy that made a jump, if you could expand that back out, um, if he made a jump, Okay, he's right now he's 137 overall, but it's the 93.15. So when you're looking at these class rankings, how this stuff works, the top 20 guys in a class are counted towards your class ranking with the on-three consensus team ranking. So if that guy bumps up into the 94.5 range after this, well then you suddenly, if he commits to Texas, you suddenly inch a little closer to Georgia for the number two class. And if you happen to beat out Georgia for Deuce Robinson, Texas finishes two in the country. And recruiting. So for the people that really follow that, while the the numbers between 202 and 180 are minimal with rivals or ESPN, um, if you start jumping up to that 94.5 range and what that does for your class rankings for people that really study that, that inch would inch you closer to Georgia Um, and then. You know, I don't know how many of the Georgia guys really can make big jumps. Uh, But then if you happen to beat out Georgia for Deuce robinson suddenly you finish with a number two class. So that's where all this could actually factor in long term. But I think Jelani McDonald, the one thing I'll say about him, and I'm sure Bobby and you guys will comment right behind me on this, this is the type of athleticism on defense that the program has needed for a while for me. A guy who is – It can you you can't really say what he's going to play. You just know he's going to do it really fast and out. It's it's Mo Blackwell with a bigger frame,
0: exactly. But but that's the type of guy, though, right? I mean, and 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 you have to get. I mean, to be clear, Maurice Blackwell, you have to season them. They don't just come in raw. You know, it, it takes time. But this these guys are rare because they're playmakers. Um, I go back to a play that Mo Blackwell made against uh, Baylor early in the game, and he just flung himself into the tight end and totally wrecked uh, an outside run uh, for Baylor that Jalen Ford tackled, made a four-yard tackle for loss because he scraped clean. Yeah. And nobody, Ovi Agufu, somebody's asking me about how do we feel about him leaving. There's no chance Ovi would have ever made that play. Um, and I know they play different spots, but they also tried to contain the edge at times, and that's what Blackwell was able to do. This is a good question. Hey, Ian, I want you to take this. Let me set you up, okay? Um, as it relates to Ov leaving, what do you think about that? And go ahead and talk about Blackwell as well, if that's what you want to speak
1: to. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, Ov, they—he was a third stringer at Notre Dame for a reason. They got him up to a passable level. Uh, he was much better in run defense this year in the 2021 20, Red, Red River shootout when Oklahoma was running counter for eight, nine yards of play. There's a few, there's more than one guilty party in that. But one of the problems was that they had not trained to go in how to set those edges in the boundary. And uh, I, he was just, it just wasn't, he was just a, a, a low floor, a low ceiling player in a premier position where you want to attack offenses. So like the premier pass rushing position, premier attack the backfield position. And uh, he was an athletic guy, hard worker, made himself a lot better at Texas. I'm sure they're very all very grateful for what he did. But they had, they if he was playing again there next year, it was going to be a big problem.
0: Well, it would have been, to your point, the ceiling of the team would have been perhaps lower.
1: Yeah. Right? The ceiling of the sure. defense. Especially with Overshone leaving, you need, the, you need the new buck to pick up some of the slack. I, I will say, though, the comparison to Mo Blackwell makes me nervous with McDonald. And that Blackwell doesn't really have a role on this team. He's like a sub player. And when he's playing, um, Jedi Barron is not. Which is not great. In fact, when he was playing, a lot of times Barron Sorrell was not playing. I don't know why it had to be that way but that's like two good players that came off the field in the Mo Blackwell package. Um, it's not very exciting. These guys that are amazing athletes, but tweeners, it's just, it's very hard at the college level. If, if they can actually play man coverage, if this guy can actually play man coverage and be a starting star in the Texas defense and do the things Jedi Barron does, that's amazing. I mean, you're talking about Isaiah Simmons, but if he's not, then he's like kind of a package player that seems really great and flashes all the time, but can't have a consistent role on your team unless he uh, gets bigger or smaller and moves to a different position and learns some different things. So I see I see potential upside with him, but I'm, I'm glad he's not the only linebacker in the class because those guys you just don't know how that's going to go with them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's feast or famine. Yeah, yeah. yeah to your point, and, and I agree. Uh, I, I always go back. I think he's faster than this. I always go back to another guy from Waco that came in as a linebacker kind of athlete guy, Kwame Cavill. Oh yeah. (laughs) Shows up on campus and I'm out there the very first day of freshman practice. And John McVick had a, had a, uh, uh, a thing where he, he put every player at multiple positions, uh, early in camp, uh, especially newcomers, just newcomers really. Um, and so he started out, um, Kwame Cavill, at linebacker, then they threw him over at wide receiver. Kwame Cavill caught everything that happened to him and never was the linebacker Texas thought they had recruited right? and went down and, and, and uh, had a great career in Texas. Or, uh, a, um, a, a guy that uh, from Waco area that is that athlete football player more than he is a, I know you're going to play this position type of guy uh, coming in. Hey, uh, Jerry, uh, talk about uh, safety in the portal what we know about Jalen Catalan at, at this time as well.
2: Catalan uh, visits Texas to end the weekend. Um, believe A&M, Purdue, Ole Miss uh, visits. My, the big question is, does he take a visit after Texas or is he done? Um, I, I think that'll be the interesting thing. Obviously, Purdue got him on campus. I mean, maybe he ends up there. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't think he left Arkansas to go to Purdue, not with his other options. I, I, I'll believe that one when I see it. Um, I, I think if you have an opportunity to, to go to Texas or to go to A&M, um, I, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to pass on that um, unless there's a positional coaching change that may impact him um, in College Station. Um, and I think Ole Miss is probably uh, you know, a, a feasible option for him as well. I think what, what's interesting with all this, though, with it, so say a Catalan – Picks AM or Texas. That, does that push a kid to the portal that's already on campus there? Because when Jalen Catalan's healthy, he's taking somebody's position. Somebody's thinking they're going to play somewhere. But if that guy's healthy, you aren't going to be a better player than he is. He is an All American, he is an All SEC player. Size be damned, he is a tremendous football player. If he's healthy, somebody's sitting. And how does that person handle sitting that wasn't planning on sitting going into the spring? If he shows, if he signs with a Texas or Texas A&M, and I say Texas A&M because if he went there, how does that affect the guy on campus there that maybe would jump in the portal? We'll see.
0: Yeah,
2: Bryce Anderson, uh, Jacoby Matthews, uh, guys like
0: that that could play safety. I, there you go. I agree. And or guy like maybe like Jalen Gilbo at Texas.
2: Exactly.
0: The only issue with Gilbo though is he's out for the spring. Right. Right. And so he's gonna have a he's he's got a uh uh rehab in front of him that's a little bit different. Yeah, uh, I, I can certainly see that and uh think around that. Um the other thing that we believe is going to happen, Ian, is we believe Keelan Robinson's coming back. We also think uh, so we know J- Jordan Whittington, by the way, if you just now uh Joining us, Jordan Whittington announced he's returning this year, uh, this next year. He just announced it about an hour and a half, two hours ago. Tavondre Sweat had already announced that he's returning. Inside Texas is reporting that we believe Christian Jones, the starting right tackle, is also expected back. A couple of guys we don't know hundred percent for sure yet. Jalen Ford, the linebacker, right? We we just don't know. Xavier Worthy, we're never really going to know. We don't think. Um, and then Keelan Robinson. Uh, Keelan, it sounds like is sticking around, but we don't know for sure. Uh, what does he mean in your opinion to the team, uh, uh, Ian and, and, and his role and what it might be next year?
1: I thought he was pretty good out of the backfield in the Alamo bowl. Um, that game was mostly kind of negative from his perspective, but, um, he had a, a decent screen passes did Brooks had an even better one. And he had some nice little uh, outlet passes that that Ewers seems to like to throw. So you could see him actually having an increased role next year as a third down back um, for his receiving ability. If Texas is comfortable enough getting five out into patterns on third down, if, if they feel like they don't have to leave somebody behind or they're going to get Ewers killed, and you can get five out regularly, then Keelan Robinson's probably number one for that. If he's really good at it, maybe you even. Um, Maybe that makes it a little easier to uh, sub in Baxter in and out because, you know, you've got like a dedicated third down guy. Um, So, and obviously as uh, Nate's takes notion mentions special teams, they have, they have other guys. I don't know. He's special. at special teams. Jerry, Jerry, you're muted, but go ahead.
2: That is a huge underrated player. I think that would be a huge addition to the team if he comes back because of special teams. Pump block, yes. I felt like he was close to breaking one on the kickoff this year. I, I think one more season he may. I'm not sure he takes to the house, but I think he's gonna flip the field position twice. But then his ability to block punts, his ability, his ability to to be a willing role player. I think that it would be a huge addition to get him back. Um, I don't think you can replace what you lose if he leaves, combined pump block ability, special teams ability, kickoff. He's the best kickoff returner they had. Maybe maybe Brennan Thompson with some more weight. Maybe somebody else in this freshman class shows something. But I, he was the one that would have scared me as far as taking a, a kickoff back. So I think it would be a huge addition, and it's more experience, big game experience back. And I—and he's a tough kid. I
0: Oh, I the thing I like about him is – he is, he's a small guy comparatively. Right. 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 He's not a, he's not a shy player. He, he does not shy from contact. Right. And so, you know, and and what we hear from him about him behind the scenes in practice is he's, he, he does not mind mixing it up. Right. And so even though he may not be, he's not going to break a lot of tackles because of this. Don't, don't get me wrong. Right. But the physicality is still there. Right. And so he's going to play through things on on kick coverage on on other as well as trying to block punts, uh, et cetera. Uh, Gary, I gotta, this is a big one because a lot of people are asking about it. It's one of those things that uh, we all uh, get these questions. What do you think of Evan Stewart working out with Quinn Ewers
2: yesterday? Is this a sign Stewart could portal to, uh, to Texas? This is from Albert Pola. Well, much like you don't know what Xavier Worthy is going to do until he does it, I feel the same way about Evan Stewart. Um, wake me up when he's in the portal. Uh, look, I know Evan well enough to know that he's a um, he's got some Deion Sanders in him. He is a one-man marketing machine of sorts. Um, and look, Quinn and him have been friends a long time, right? But that's a very smart marketing thing he did yesterday, if nothing else, okay? <laughs> I mean, let's be real um he's he's got some of that deon sanders oh uh, I, I i'm 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 pretty smart about the way i go about this about him marketing his, himself uh and i mean that as a compliment by the way but like he's every worthy until a guy's in the portal i mean good luck guessing what he's gonna do
1: doesn't it yeah. smell a lot like kyler murray uh tweeting a picture of number one texas jersey <laughs> on a visit in austin
2: yeah. The only difference there is his dad wanted them to go to Texas and he didn't do it.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I just can't help, but think this is kind of a, uh, you know, yeah. Hey, Mr. Petrino. My yes. Name is leverage,
2: Kevin. a leverage play. Yes. My name
1: is Evan Stewart. I'm the guy that's going to make or break this for you. Yeah. Uh, let's chat kind of deal. Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah. Ian. Um, we talked about Jalen Catalan, um, Texas obviously looking for a safety in the portal. They, they brought in Jihad Carter from Syracuse. He ends up committing uh, to uh, uh, Ohio State, bringing in Jalen Catalan, hopefully this weekend on Sunday. What does that tell you about where Texas feels like they're at right now with the safety position? Because opposite Jaron Thompson, um, Anthony Cook leaving, I think he's playing in the Hula Bowl uh, as a, as a uh, senior, where does that leave Texas at safety? I mean, maybe they move Austin Jordan, maybe Xavier Bryce, BJ Allen has got to come on, Larry Turner Gooden has got to come on. They're clearly looking for depth and starter material there right now, right?
1: Yeah, well, I guess Ke- Keaton Crawford is next up at free safety behind Cook. Um, there was early last year, we were thinking that Crawford would end up taking over that position because of his raw athleticism. And uh he was it was a journey for him figuring out where to be and, and what to do. Um
0: you maybe, said that in a nice way, by the way. Thank maybe, you. Maybe
1: maybe he puts it together with another spring, right? Like he's still like a, a premier athlete. But that's that's next. You have that kind of uncertainty. I would say after him, probably to me the most promising next guy at that position would be uh, well, Jaron Thompson if he moved, but short of that, um, Oh boy, Jacob. Who's the hot shot Louisiana freshman?
2: Derrick Williams. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. Derrick
1: Williams is probably going to immediately be one of the best. No six. question. But, but he doesn't show up until
0: till Sunday. Yeah,
1: right. yeah, yeah. Not a good, not a good setup. You kind of you also wonder if they felt good enough at corner, if they might pull some like we were talking earlier. Christian Jones, effective right tackle for Texas, but he's not going to be a tackle in the NFL. And there's some questions like that with Ryan Watts at corner. Ryan Watts was way more effective at corner than uh, Christian Jones was in pass protection. But it has got some limited top-end speed. He's able to use his length and physicality in college in a way that they don't let you do in the NFL with the five yards rule and just the way they call pass interference. So that's a guy, I mean, maybe that's part of the answer at safety. But obviously those are, I just named a number of very uncertain prospects. So if you can get a cattle on, you know, that maybe, I wonder, can you, can you look at it? Can you get his knee and an MRI on his visit? (laughs) They might want to take a look at some things, but um, he would be the the clear front runner if they got him and he's healthy.
0: Yep. Um, So long story short, uh, I think that you're, you're right. Uh, one thing about Catalan is they have uh, Catalan himself has actually uh, provided uh, MRI type material, not just to Texas but to multiple teams. Interesting. And and the word is is that his surgically repaired shoulder shows no structural damage uh, at this point. You know, how does that still make him the same willing hitter that he was despite his size? I mean, you know, we don't know that. Like, shoulder injuries are very very tricky ones. They're almost worse nowadays than knee injuries in football. He, it used was, to be the knee injury that was the 25 years ago or 30 years ago, the knee injury was the taboo, right? Nobody wanted an ACL because you would not never come back from it fully. Now it's the shoulder injury that, that a lot of teams are worried
1: about. Our guy Justin Wells was saying about um, Catalon coming out of high school, he was like, that kid is so good, but I worry about him in the SEC because he's going to get he's, – he's small, but he doesn't play like it.
0: Yeah. I want to say thank you to our sponsor. We've got a couple more questions here. We've got about 10 more minutes remaining in the show. Uh, but I want to say thank you very much to our sponsor, Andy Ludicky. Uh, Andy's over at myperfectfranchise.net. He helps place individuals with franchises uh, and give them business ownership. Uh, so if you're stuck in the corporate rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general, call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Financial our franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, call Andy or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, he's a good friend of the program and been with us now uh, since the outset, almost, uh, of uh, on Texas football, and we appreciate it. Uh, Jerry, got a question for you, Andy, and I think that y'all both can uh, uh, chime in on. If Jones returns, as Inside Texas is is, uh, projecting right now, Christian Jones, how would you rate the offensive line uh, for next year from one to ten? I guess
2: ten being the highest. This comes from Frank DeCluet. I, I would go six and a half to seven entering the spring and eight to eight and a half starting next season after these young kids have another spring football and summer conditioning. Uh, because I think the difference between these guys strength wise, body wise, from freshman to sophomore year is gonna be huge. So I think right now, six and a half to seven starting spring, eight eight and a half starting next season. I really think there's gonna be that big of a difference from year one to year two. I think Texas is gonna have the best depth they've had on the offensive line in many years and the most future NFL draft picks. Uh, but I do think those kids this spring is gonna they're gonna be much better. In August than they are this spring, and I'm talking Cam Williams, Neto, all because there was only one early enrollee last year, Cole Hudson. So it's a huge spring for these kids. So even the what you see in the spring can be totally different than August. Ian, what do you think?
1: I think about the same. I'm trying to think of what a 10 would be, and uh, I think of teams like um,
2: Alabama 20, and Georgia.
1: <laughs> yeah, Alabama in 2020, Oklahoma in 2018 when they had an NFL yeah. player at every single spot. Um, they could run the ball, they could protect, they could do everything. They had dominant athletes at multiple positions. I don't know if Texas can get there in 2023 where they have dominant athletes at multiple spots. They have, you know, Banks is pretty much there. I think he will safely be there. And Jones may be at guard, but not at tackle. Um, and then the other guys are either not going to get there or they need to make a major leap. So uh, yeah, I think, Probably an eight is the cap with an additional caveat that the big 12 generally doesn't get anywhere close to an eight offensive line on this scale where you compare like nationally elite units. So if te- Texas should be the best offensive line in the big 12 next year by far, which is a really big deal.
0: Wait a minute. You just said something that caught my ear. No so I earlier today. You just called Texas should be the best offensive line unit in the big 12. I heard earlier today Chris Kleiman, the the head coach at Kansas State, say that Kansas State is bringing back their top eight offensive linemen from last year, and I think those were seniors this year.
1: Remember when when Baylor brought back like four or five starters? Four of the five, yeah. We thought they were going to make hay. And then it turned out that without Tyquan Thornton occupying two defenders 50 yards off the ball every play, it wasn't quite as dominant a unit as we thought. I think Kansas State will have a similar uh, experience next year when it's not Duce Bond turning a you know average blocked run into an 80 yard you know. There, I mean, they'll be good, but t- well, they're, they're
0: trying to get a Florida State running back transfer right now that that has rushed for over a thousand yards. Uh, oh, in the
2: yeah. which will be huge because I'm telling you, the Stewart kid flipping from Kansas State to Colorado was a huge blow to Kansas State. He's the fastest player in American pads. I've got to say this. i got to say
0: this, Gary. though. Let me give you my rank on this. Yeah. I, I I think that Texas is a seven going into next year. Um, because even with Jones re- returning, I think the most talented guys on the roster are yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, e- even with the best offensive line class in the country two years ago, which I don't think there's any question it was. It's already produced two starters um, as true freshmen. I don't think you can really have a true freshman offensive line class be any higher than that by their sophomore year. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if you're really talking about the best prospects on that line, I would think seven, seven and a half. Uh, now the year Jones has to leave, the year Jake majors leaves. That's when I think that junior year and you see that offensive line, that's a different animal for me. I mean, it's, I think they're 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 potentially really good. Hey Jerry, question for you: CJ Williams, the wide receiver from uh, Modern Day uh, and USC in the portal. Uh, Texas gave him a run out of high school because of uh, Coach Sarkeesian's uh, 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 contacts at Modern Day. Uh, and Brennan Marion Ar- already follows him on Twitter. Do you think Texas will kick the tires there, or do you think they have higher aspirations in the portal?
2: Based on who they've passed on that's been in the portal, I'll say no. I mean, CJ Williams is an old kid. He's 20 years old, freshman, runs four seven. I don't see it. By yeah. the way, don't we need to address Chris Beard on here before we get out of here? I mean, uh, what well, we did yesterday, but we can't. Okay.
0: Stay away from it. We'll stay away from no, it. No, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want to stay away from anything. I, I think that um, you know, look, big loss for Texas basketball uh and the program. Uh now the healing can be- begin though. And now the kids uh, can start to focus on what they need to be focusing on, right. which is the actual season itself. Jerry, right. you, have, you have something you want to say?
2: Yeah. Here's what I want to tell Texas fans. That's the reason I let into this. Um, I'm already hearing that a lot of people, this a lot of people are going to be interested in this job. Uh, I think this job is, I think we overrate some jobs and I think we underrate some jobs. And I think Texas basketball, when you look at it, great university, the best I mean, best college arena, college coaches that have been in, I'll tell you, it's the best college arena, right? The state produces three or four NBA players a year. Unbelievable talent coming through this state. DFW is ridiculous in basketball. Um, and these guys see some really talented coaches see how quickly Beard was getting things done. And so it's easy to see where you can take it. So for the Texas fans that's, oh, no, we're toast in basketball, I disagree with you. Just, I'll say this. I disagree. People will be surprised how many people are, are going to have real interest in this job. All right. Um, hey, Ian, finish it up with this from Blake
0: Bryant. So it looks like we are returning 16 of 22 starters next season, if my math is correct. Uh, you've done a lot of analysis and, and thoughts on, you know, what returning starters really mean to a program, et cetera. 16 of 22 seems on the high end, right?
1: Yeah, it really matters the most in your pass game and pass defense components. Uh, my old colleague, Bill Connolly, did some extensive stats on this, and he was kind of surprised by the result. But it makes sense, and you see it play out again and again. This, in the Big 12 in particular, you saw it this year, you win with veteran secondaries that know what they're doing and can play together and understand what they're, how they're being attacked and how to adjust and how to communicate.
2: And you win
1: with experienced uh, pass protection and quarterback-receiver combos that can hit the option routes that know the adjustments to make, that know the hot routes. They, they're on the same page. It's the same thing as like in the NCAA tournament where every year the team that gets through are the teams that have the veteran guards. That know what they're doing and know how to make winning plays in the high stakes moments. That's how you win in college football too. Uh, And where that plays out experience wise is secondary, quarterback, receiver, uh, probably more, maybe even more receiver than quarterback at times. And uh, they look they look pretty solid in that regard, Jerry.
2: And I'll say this: here's where the starters returning next year is different for me nowadays. It's 17. The punter from Stanford's a four-year starter. So you really have 17 starters coming back next year. He just didn't wear the Texas uniform. Gavin Holmes is a two-year starter Wake Forest at corner. Yeah. So
1: and ideally this, they add another a pass yeah. rusher or a receiver that also fit that mold as well. Right.
2: So you you're maybe looking at 18 to 19 yep. college starters back next year. You got a chance if you do that.
0: As long as you also bad. have that depth coming up from the younger ranks, grant, uh, that can that can fill in whenever things start uh, breaking down, as they invariably do because of injuries and the physical nature of the sport.
1: They'll they'll not have had that since uh, probably 2018 was the last time they had that much experience on both sides, which obviously went pretty well.
0: Yep, Sugar Bowl champion. All right, Ian Boyd and uh, Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. This has been the Longhorn live stream on Texas football on Friday afternoon. Thanks so many of you uh, for joining us. Uh, also, like to thank our uh, sponsor Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to get a uh, into the franchise business, uh, drop Andy a line at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. All right, for Jerry
1: and I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been the live stream. Thanks.